This evening we invite you back to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. And tonight we'll be reading verses 10 through 20 for your hearing. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 20. Isaiah the prophet. Begin with verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams, and the fat of fed beasts. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks, or of lambs, or of he-goats, when ye come to appear before me. When ye come to appear before me. Who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean, and put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now, and let us reason together saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Our focus Verse 4 this afternoon is one that we all know well. Verse number 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. My subject this afternoon is, Come now, saith the Lord. Come now, saith the Lord. This morning we considered that of the first nine verses. And as we did, we saw Isaiah introduced as far as that of the vision that he had, as far as that of when it was proclaimed and then beginning with verse number 2 all the way down to verse number 9 we had that of the vision that the Lord gave unto Isaiah and it was one that pictured that of a courtroom and in the courtroom there was uh, the plaintiff there was the accused and charges 
rang out against that of the accused. In verse number 2, it says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The first charge out of the gate was that of rebellion. You note here that the heavens and the earth are called upon as witnesses. Witnesses against that of uh, Judah and Jerusalem. Uh, They had been called as witnesses by the Lord when Judah and uh, Jerusalem, Israel, had uh, declared that they would obey the law of the Lord. When they entered into that of the covenant, uh, agreeing with the covenant that the Lord uh, made with them. And so here we have heaven and earth once again being called as witnesses. And this time, uh, not that Judah and Jerusalem uh, have agreed to obey, but witnesses against them because they have not uh, obeyed. They have rebelled uh, against uh, that of the covenant. They've broken uh, the covenant, which was a covenant that was given Uh, basically uh, uh, for that of their good uh, and in that of love by that of the Lord Himself. He says, You have rebelled against Me. In verse number 3, He says, The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know, thy people doth not consider. Two dumb animals are pictured here uh, as uh, knowing their owner and that of the Master, but the children of Israel, Judah, Jerusalem, no, they don't know the Lord. They don't even acknowledge Him. They don't even consider Him. Then verse 4, we hear the uh, charges against that of the nation, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backwards. They have forsaken Me. They have turned their backs on Me. They are guilty of having broken that of my law. They are a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evil doers. Not doers of good, but doers of evil. We're then told verses 5, 6, and 7 of that of what had taken place in the land. Verse 8, The daughters of Zion left as a cottage in a vineyard as a hedge in the the garden of cucumbers as a besieged city. That was the consequences for their sin, their rebellion against the Lord. But even in the midst of that darkness, there was hope. 
Wherever the Lord is, there is hope, beloved. The Lord, He was gracious. The Lord intervened. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom and we would have been like or we should have been like unto Gomorrah. In other words, had the Lord not intervened, had He not made an exception, had He not shown His grace, mercy, we would have all been destroyed. As we come into this new section here, it starts out with that of a call for Judah and Jerusalem to hear. You say, well, it says rulers of Sodom and people of Gomorrah, yes. If you note down back, back in verse number 9, the Lord said, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. In verse 10, as uh, Judah and Jerusalem are addressed, they are addressed as that of rulers of Sodom. They're addressed as uh, that of uh, the people of Gomorrah, uh, connecting that of this next section with that of the previous. Sodom and Gomorrah. What, 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 what were those cities like? They were wicked cities. They were wicked before the Lord. And that's the picture uh, that is set before us here once again. Uh, the rulers and the people, they're described as ones who were inhabitants of that of Sodom and Gomorrah and had the same characteristics as that of the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah because they were indeed wicked. Hear, hear the word of the Lord or Jehovah. Ye rulers of Sodom, give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. Note, hear, hear, give ear. They're called upon to listen, to hear the word of the Lord, the message of the Lord, to hear that of the law of God. And then, beginning with verse number 11, we find the Lord speaking of that of this people. And we don't normally think of that of people that he is describing here. Inhabitants of Solomon and Gomorrah who were wicked as being religious, do we? 
Now we normally think of those who are religious, well, they must be pretty good people. People who go to church, they must be pretty good people. People who go to church on a regular basis, they must be, they must be pretty good people. But again, charges are made here. Charges against the people. Charges with regards to that of their hypocritical worship that they were involved in. In verse number 11, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of goats. Wow. This morning we, in Sunday school, we were talking about that of sacrifices. Offerings. And as we look back over in that of the earlier part of the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus we find that there is a complete book almost that has to do with that of sacrifices offerings and that of things that were to be done whereby people would be cleansed and be proper to come before the Lord. But as we hear the word of the Lord here in Isaiah chapter 1, the charge against these people is that of hypocrisy. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. Now we know that God is spirit. We know that God doesn't physically Take that of animals, take of them. We know that these sacrifices that were being offered, they were to be offered for a reason. And these offerings, these sacrifices, they weren't to be offered just, you know, by that of, well, you know, this is what we're supposed to do, type of attitude. No, when the true Israelite came was that of a sacrifice, to offer up a sacrifice, it was to be that of with the heart was that of acknowledgement of the very fact that they were ones who had sinned against God. 
And through the sacrifice, the blood being shed, it was that of a picture, a pointer to that one who would come. The Lord here, He says, what's the purpose of it? You bring in these offerings. Blood of bullocks or of lambs or of goats. What's the purpose? You come in the wrong manner. You come in the wrong way. He speaks of that of the sacrifices. And then next, He speaks of that of them appearing before the Lord. He says, when you come to appear before me, who has required this at your hand to tread my courts? They were coming. It was out of that of, well, this is what we are supposed to do. There was no heart in it. He says, bring no more vain oblations or gifts. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. He says, don't don't bring me any more gifts. Away with that of the incense. That of your appointed feast. Don't bother. And when you spread your hands in prayer, I'll not hear you. Your hands are full of blood. Guilty. Guilty of murder. Guilty of that of injustice. Their worship was heartless and done all the while they were doing what was contrary to the law. They were merely going through the form. They had a form of religion, but it was heartless. In verse 16 and 17, we see a change, a change which takes place. Rather than that of the Jews of Judah and that of Jerusalem, the rulers and the people being denounced, or that of their wickedness. 
They're called upon to do something. In verse 16, wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. And plead for the widow. These ones who had forsaken the Lord, who had turned their backs upon the Lord, who were merely going through that of the motions of that of the religion. They're called upon here to repent. They're called to repentance here. I'm reminded of a passage over in the book of Acts. I believe it's Acts chapter 17. If I remember. Acts chapter 17 verse 30 or 31. Where the Apostle Paul in speaking and preaching, he says, God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. The command goes forth for men to repent. And we are, we are to call upon men and women to repent of their sins. We know that there are that repentance are not repentance is not that of what we know of today is penance. No, repentance is a change of mind, a turning, excuse me, a turning away from that of the direction that one is on. It is a turning to God as we noticed in that of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 where Paul wrote about the Thessalonians how they had turned to God from idols to serve the living God. The living and true God. We have, we have that right here. That call going forth to that of these people. To turn to turn back to God, to turn from their sin, to serve the living and true God. Now as we noticed in our study of 1 Thessalonians uh, last week on the subject of conversion, we pointed out that conversion is Indeed, that of an act of God. And yet, men and women, conversion speaks of that of the human side. Men and women do repent and they do believe. And why do they repent? Why do they believe? They repent, they believe because God works in them to do it. The 
These ones to whom this message was going forth, in of themselves, they could not do what was being called upon them to do. There was no water that they could wash their hands in that, that, would, that would clean them from that of their sins, out of their guilt. Just like, beloved, there's no water that can wash away our sins today. No, beloved, only the blood of Jesus washes away sin. And only, beloved, as it's applied by God Himself. Only God can change the heart. Only God can bring men from turning away, having turned away from God back to Him. Only the Lord can cause men to put away their evil doings and to cease from that of doing evil and to do well and to seek that of the justice and that of the good of the oppressed, the fatherless, and that of the widow. Does that sound a little bit familiar, those words? Seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow? From the book of James, chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 26, James writes, If any man among you seem to be religious and brighteth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their afflictions and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. Not the exact same words, but beloved, the same idea, I believe we can say, that is found here in that of Isaiah. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless plead for the widow. Just the opposite had been going on. There was no concern for that of the oppressed, that of the fatherless, that of the widows. But here they're called upon to repent and to turn from that wicked way, their wicked ways. Their religion was this mere form. It was vain, empty, heartless. Faithless, we could say. In verse 18, which is our 
key text. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. A text that we all know and have heard probably many times. Used in that of an invitation. Several songs I can think of. Hymns come from that of this text. It is a beautiful text. The very first word in it. Come. Come. It is it is an invitation. But not only is it an, an invitation, it is also a command that is given here. Just as we think of that of the gospel. Is a declaration of the good news. It is a call for men and women to repent of their sins and to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, in his ministry, his words, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. And you shall find rest unto your soul. Come. Come now. Don't wait. Come now, right this moment. Not tomorrow, for tomorrow may be too late. Come now. Come now, saith the Lord. The invitation comes, beloved, from that of the Lord Himself. Come now, saith the Lord, saith Jehovah. It comes with that of authority. It comes, beloved, with that of love. Come now and let us reason together. Let us reason together. Together. There is a case here. A case where that Jerusalem and Judah have been accused. They've been, the charges have been laid down, and it's evident that they are guilty. 
Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, though they be red like crimson. Now, think about scarlet. You red like crimson. In other words, he's speaking of their sins and he's describing them as that of that which is bold and that stands out. Their sins, their transgressions of the law. Earlier, they, their hands were spoken of as being full of blood. Yeah, their guilt was all over them. Come, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as snow, as wool. The Lord here he tells these people, come to me. Come, come and be pardoned. Come and have your sins forgiven. We can see now, can't we? We can see now where this this command here, it is one that is a gracious command. I mean, the Lord has every right to judge them for that of their sins. And would be just in bringing judgment upon them. But no, He says, come. He says, come now. And though your sins be as scarlet, though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as snow. They'll be gone. I think of that hymn that we sang, I believe, last weekend. Lord Jesus, I long to be perfectly whole. I want Thee to live in my soul. Break down every idol. Break down every foe. And wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. They've been called upon to wash. But they couldn't do it. They had been called upon to put away their evil doings. To cease to do evil. But they couldn't do it. To learn to do well. How could they learn to do well? And all they knew was to do that which was wrong. 
they need someone to teach them. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. They are promised forgiveness. And only the Lord, only the Lord is the one who can give forgiveness. I'm reminded of a passage over in the New Testament where Jesus had told one, Thy sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the scribes, they got all, all up in the air. Remember. Who can forgive sins except for God? That's true. Who can? Nobody. Nobody but God. But they didn't realize that the one who was in their midst was God. They're called upon to repent, to come unto the Lord, and to find that of the forgiveness of their sins. Verse 19 and 20, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now these words, they perhaps sound a little bit strange. Old Testament words. But beloved, it's no different from that of what we find in, basically in that of the New Testament. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. You'll be blessed. Is what is being told them. And beloved, the one who comes to the Lord will find forgiveness of their sins. And they come willingly acknowledging their sins and asking the Lord to forgive them, they'll find forgiveness. And likewise, this side of Calvary. But, note the but. It's a big but. It's a contrast. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You'll be destroyed. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. That ends. That ends it. There's nothing else to be said. Nothing else to be said. The Lord is gracious. We who are here tonight who I've trusted in Him. We know Him to be gracious. That He would put away our sins. That He would forgive us of our transgressions. Wipe them away. Because only He can do it. There's nothing that we can do. What grace? Come now, saith the Lord. All right. We'll have a closing hymn. Let us stand.
We're just going to sing Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was, was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but spoken of by many uh, as being the gospel of the Old Testament. The gospel of the Old Testament. And truly uh, that is so, as we have seen in that of the passage which is before us that uh, we've considered uh, tonight, or this morning and tonight. Uh, but as you go on over in the book of Isaiah, uh, you find many places where uh, the Lord, uh, the, theme, the theme is salvation. Isaiah's name uh, 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 means salvation. Uh, Isaiah 53. Uh, who is the prophet speaking of there? Well, uh, we know who he's speaking of. None other than that of the only Savior, the Lord Jesus. All right. Ask me there, Don, if you'll lead us in the closing word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we uh, do come, uh, Lord, to praise you for your grace and mercy in Christ Jesus, uh, Lord, for the uh, your gracious purpose, your eternal purpose to redeem a people uh, for thy honor and glory. Uh, Lord, we know that um, we are unworthy uh, of your favor, uh, of uh, the new life we have in Christ, uh, the forgiveness of sins, be uh, adopted into thy royal family, uh, Lord, to, uh, to have fellowship with thee and with brothers and sisters in Christ, to be uh, a royal priesthood, to be counted among that number, to, uh, to be priests and kings, uh, to be uh, a nation, uh, Lord, for these high and wonderful blessings that we have in Christ. We praise your holy name. We know you are the fountain of everything that is good, uh, of this purpose uh, to redeem man. Uh, Father, we thank you for your dear son, for his faithfulness. Uh, Lord, we rejoice in him and uh, rejoice that uh, we have been saved by him. Uh, Father, we uh, know that he possesses all power in heaven and in earth, that he is exalted to thy right hand, uh, the throne of God, and Father, we uh, know that he rules in the midst of his enemies. Uh, Father, we uh, are grateful for this, we rejoice in it. Uh, Father, we uh, thank you for the gift of thy Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, we pray that uh, he might work uh, mightily in each of us in this church and uh, in the lives of those uh, we love, uh, Father, and then uh, to the far corners of the earth, Lord, may the gospel uh, go with great power in these uh, last days, we pray. Father, we do uh, pray your blessing upon the church here as testimony. Uh, Lord, you bless each member. Uh, Father, you know uh, their needs. Uh, Lord, may you provide for them. 
bless them richly. Uh, Father, do deliver us all from evil, from the evil one. Uh, Lord, we uh, look to thee. We pray for Carl and Cheryl. Um, Lord, bless them as they're away. Bless their travel back home. Uh, Lord, may uh, our lives in every detail uh, honor their holy name. Lord, may we reflect uh, the life of Christ Jesus uh, in, our, in our bodies, in our daily life. Uh, Father, we do pray for those who are afflicted, who are under great trial and tribulation. Stella, <coughs> we pray that you would touch uh, her body, you would give her health and uh, will to continue to go forward. Uh, Father, we uh, do pray for family members, uh, those who uh, outside of the ark of salvation who have not come to know thee in Christ Jesus Lord may uh, your Holy Spirit give them the things of Christ Jesus and may he be their teacher now Father we do ask your blessing upon uh, this country uh, Lord may we continue to live quiet and peaceable lives may uh, the freedoms the constitutional rights that we've enjoyed, may they continue, and may our leaders at all levels of government rule wisely and justly. Father, do forgive us where we've failed thee for our sins and iniquities. Uh, Lord, may uh, we be made uh, white as uh, snow and uh, be as wool. And Lord, may uh, that uh, all be put behind thy back and separated from us as far as the east is from the west. Lord, we look to thee now. We pray that as we part, may we go in uh, with your blessing. Father, may we know your communion throughout this coming week. We pray this in the name of thy dear Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.